Right now on the phone, um, we've got the newest uh, author in Australian sports uh, media and we say good evening to former superstar of the Melbourne Tigers and the rest, Chris Anstey. G'day, Chris. <laughs> Hello, James. How are you going? Hey, buddy. Oh, we're great, mate. How are you? How's, how's this wet weather treating you tonight? Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. It's cold and it's wet and we're still locked down. Yep. Um, but, no, look, it's been, it's been fun. I, I haven't minded it too much. It's been given, like a lot of us, a lot of, cha- a lot of time to slow down and spend with our families and do things, as you mentioned, like write books when we didn't have much else to do. So uh, we're out on Friday and I'm looking forward to getting out. Tell us uh, a bit about it. Tall Tales, uh, What The Whiteboard Never Told Me by Chris Ancy. Tell us uh, what it entails. Yeah, I suppose the reason I, when I finished playing basketball and got into coaching was I realised pretty quickly that I was fortunate to have some pretty incredible people around me and, and, and have travelled a lot or met a lot of people. And I suppose the things that we learn in sport, sure, they help us on the court or on the field, but maybe more importantly, they, they help us in day-to-day life and they help us develop as human beings. And I realised pretty quickly that the lessons I was getting from these people weren't available to, to so many people and I wanted to share what I'd learnt from some incredible coaches and that's why I got into coaching and I suppose that was the, the main driver for then taking it a further step during lockdown last year and wanting to put a lot of those stories and associated lessons into a book because uh, you know, I've had a lot of fun telling the stories over the years and the, the response has been great and look it's been, it's actually been quite humbling how how good the feedback's been from the book. I didn't expect it to be anything like this, but it's it's been a fun journey. Chris, uh, Alex here. You, I'm sure you've been following the NBL quite closely as the years gone by. Uh, playoffs starting, obviously, on Friday. You're back in Melbourne United to take the whole thing? Yeah, I just don't think... I think they'll easily account for the Phoenix in, in the semi-finals. But you know, having said that, in a three-game series there's probably a greater likelihood of the Phoenix being able to create an upset. But I just think uh, with Jock Landale and Joella Chul, they're just too big and athletic for, for the Phoenix across the board and they've got more depth. So I think they'll get through that comfortably. I, I actually think Illawarra might go across the Perth and steal one over there and get past the Wildcats without Bryce Cotton. And uh, I guess, look, whoever plays United in the grand final series is they just don't have the same depth nor the same talent, I don't think, to be able to compete over five games. So for me, yeah, United win this thing. It's just how easily, I suppose, in the end. Well, they made a, they made a pretty strong statement their last game. Absolutely smashed the 36ers. Yeah, yeah, you look at a guy like Scotty Hobson who was in the conversation for MVP last season of the entire league and He's coming off the bench. Um, Joella Cool's coming off the bench. You know, there have been games where Chris Golding's only played 20 minutes. They could genuinely afford to lose two superstars and still be deeper than a lot of other teams. But no, it's a luxury that uh, the club has. It, you know, Dean Vickerman's done a really good job of keeping everyone's egos intact over the course of the season. And now I think he's when you'll really see, as you said, the, the sort of demolition they, they did on the Adelaide 36ers. I think you're going to see a pretty locked in Melbourne United. They'll know what their roles are. and Yeah, I think they get through this thing pretty comfortably. Yeah, no, they're looking, they're looking very, very special at the moment, the Uniteds. Um, but what about the state of the NBL? It seems to be each year um, it just progresses into another stratosphere. And this year is no different with um, so many great players coming from it. And um, 
Is it? Oh, I can't remember. Who's the player from Adelaide that's going to get drafted in the top? Yeah, Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, the next stars program that, that Josh was a part of and Lamello Ball was a part of was it was actually a brainwave of, of Joey Wright, former coach of the league years ago, and the NBL picked it up and ran with it. Um, but look, the talent in the NBL is incredible. I think the biggest thing is there are more eyes on every single game being played now, both here and around the world. Uh, that creates exposure for the league, and that's something you know in the two thousands it, it fell away a lot. And I think the quality of league of, of competition and of the league and the, and the players have always been really high it's just not as many people knew it existed when it wasn't on television so the fact that every game's on television now is incredible um, people at home get to uh, almost in their minds develop relationships with the fans follow them every week and of course get along to the game so it's in really good hands at the moment but just, uh, Chris, it's the Oracle here, mate, just to change tack on things. I was walking past the radio the other day and SEN were on, but as usual, they don't broadcast things like us in full. I just want to talk about Shane Hill's daughter that was drafted to the, uh, what's over in America, NBL or NBA? The WNBA, WNBA yeah. NBA, and, and I heard them say that she'd been delisted. Yeah, look, that, that, that's for me. Shiloh is who you're talking about. And yeah, Shiloh yeah. actually a, a good friend of my daughter's and, they yep. went through the, the, the state, or sorry, the national team or national junior teams together, and she was uh, she was drafted at number eight, I believe it was, by the Chicago Sky. Yeah, top uh, ten. Yep. Um, yeah, nineteen-year-old young female athlete. Men released after just five games, with after playing a total of thirty minutes because she didn't have enough experience. Now, for me, that speaks in volumes about the quality of the club of Chicago, the people in charge of it, and their you know, their general care of, about the well-being of yeah. their athletes. I, I think it was disgraceful. Yeah. I uh, think that, you know, not <laughs> the fact that they advised her while she was at the airport waiting to fly out, then left her on her own oh, as a 19-year-old yes. in a foreign country. I'll tell you what, if I was a free agent and yeah. I was a talented young female player, the last place I would be going would be the Chicago so what's, where does she sit now? Is she back home in Australia or does she get redrafted or another club? Or what happens with her? I suppose, well, she'd be a free agent. I'm not actually sure where she is at the moment. Any, WA, any WNBA team would be free to pick her up. Yeah. Uh, I know she's signed for, the, uh, for Sydney in the, in the WNBL in the local league, but that you know, runs later on in the year when the WNBA season's finished. Um, so up until then... She missed out on the Olympic squad or the Olympic team. I'm not sure where she is, but you know she's one of the hardest working young players I've come across. And as much as this is really difficult for her and her family right now, I know she'll be fine coming out of it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, 30 minutes in total, five or six games, and um, you're out in your own. But being a top ten draft pick, you think there'd be other clubs that have her on her on their boards? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure most clubs are aware of her. You know, there aren't as many WNBA teams as there are NBA teams, so there's not quite as many jobs available. But look, the reason you draft young kids is to develop them, and it takes time, and she wasn't afforded that, yeah, um, so. which was really disappointing. Mm. Yeah, it is, and yeah, I'm sure she'll get another crack at it at one point. Um, now, the NBA playoffs, uh, just touching on them, Chris. Um well, a bit about oh, well, amazing by the um, 76ers today, but Ben Simmons um, seems to be off and on a bit. Today he had a pretty bad day, so what do you make of that? 
Yeah, I, I don't really rate it as a bad day. I thought he facilitated well. Joel Embiid was going, Tobias Harris was going, and you know Ben's primary role and his number one skill is to facilitate for his teammates and, and defend. And I thought he did a pretty good job of that. Um, yeah, yeah, Philly, Philly were tough. They needed to be. Atlanta made a run at them. They hit the front in the third quarter, and it wasn't looking great. So they go to Atlanta now, tied up, and I think they'll find a way to get through. But for me, I mean, every team, as far as I can see, it, is chasing the Brooklyn Nets. They they just look absolutely incredible in the way they demolished Milwaukee yesterday uh, without James Harden, and when. When Kevin Durant, when Kyrie Irving, and when that crew mm. choose to defend, they can just score better than anyone in the league. And they're a scary prospect for anyone over a seven-game series. I find it hard to see who's going to beat them uh, to win the title this year. Yeah, no, they definitely bat very deep. And, yeah, uh, when, I like how you described it, when they choose to as well. <laughs> so um, they can afford not to at some points. Yeah, over the regular season, and you know, it's a long, it's a very long season. Seventy-two games this year, eighty-two most seasons. Uh, most seasons, but yeah, they have some quiet nights where they not might not feel great, and they, it's not quite full intensity from the superstars. But this is where their their reputations have developed. They're there to win championships. That's why they came together, and I think they'll get it done. And just looking forward to the Olympics, Chris. Obviously, it's not too far away. Now, we've, we've seen the Boomers squad. We know how strong it is. Surely this would have to be one of their best chances to win a medal, if ever. Uh, yeah, we say that every four years. I mean, I was a part of a team that finished fourth. The team before me finished fourth. Mm-hmm. The team in Rio finished fourth. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. On paper, uh, there's a lot of talent there. And we hope that all of the NBA guys make themselves available. Um, and we hope that they get out of the NBA season injury-free. Uh, but the thing, you know, with us geographically as an island nation is we forget how much better the rest of the world is getting as well. And, you know, we've taken a lot of steps back in lockdown, as other countries have. Um, you know, Canada's getting better. The South American countries are getting better. And all of the Eastern European teams are always hard to beat. So... Well, I think for the the general sporting public, we we tend to forget there are look, there are some incredibly talented nations that don't even qualify for the Olympic Games. We get an easy run at that with, with New Zealand and some of the smaller Pacific countries. Uh, but it's a very very hard thing to do, to win a medal. It's why we've never done it. But we hope that we can have a full roster to take a swing at. And if we, yeah, you know, we're a chance, and we probably sit in the same pool. I reckon as probably seven or eight teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my prediction, you know, Chris, if it means anything, is that we'll take home the gold. That's that's what I'm, I'm putting down. I think we're, we're a very hoping. talented list, and we're hungry. And I think it'll be uh, it'll be Australia's gold medal to uh, to lose. <laughs> I hope you're right. I'd probably I'd probably suggest to you that every country that competes is hungry as well. <laughs> I, I reckon you might be right. Hey, Chris, uh, thank you much so much for your time. But um, how do we get a copy of your new book, Tall Tales? Yeah, what well, the the easiest way is just jump on the website chrisanstey.com.au and follow the links to Tall Tales. If yeah. anyone, uh, I'll tell you what, if anyone gets in tonight, I'm just about to sit down and sign a whole bunch to send out tomorrow, so you'll get a signed copy if you jump on tonight. Oh, Very good. Ah, there's one for the listeners. There's, there's a deal. Go. Fantastic. <laughs> and I'll just send you my address um, later on in the sh- tonight, <laughs> so you can just send it there. Um, but good on t- you, boys. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate Chris. it, Chris. That was great to chat. Good on you. Thanks for having me.